What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back in the video. We are in the heart of draft season, so I figured it'd be a good idea. Take a look at my rankings, see who's been rising and falling the most over the last few weeks or so. First up, Josh Jacobs. Obviously, he signs a new contract, and so he's going to go up in the rankings because the risk that he doesn't play this season is eliminated. I now have him up to 16th overall. All the overalls I'm going to talk about today are in half PPR scoring, but point with Jacobs would be it doesn't change that much whether you're in standard and standard running backs are just always going to be higher in that general range because you need running backs uh but half ppr full ppr he's good at receptions he's not you know uh christian mccaffrey but he's also not like someone who's not getting any so half ppr full ppr he's going to be in that general range that mid second round is just a good spot to get josh jacobs this year he's been running back seven overall right now um kind of talked about this in the monday video there are basically now 18 elite players and he's right kind of at the end of that last running back in that elite top 18 before we kind of get a drop off into the late second round and so now again the holdout risk is gone um the risk that like you know he's just not going to play this season that's eliminated now we got to be taking him where he would be before um some people will kind of argue there's some risk with Zamir White. Zamir White's been getting a little bit of hype. Maybe you're scared that, you know, White's been playing well, that whether they're frustrated with Jacobs or just that, you know, White's been playing well enough to just earn snaps. I don't really buy the the Zamir White hype. I think that was more hype for them to, like, leverage Jacobs. Like, they were never going to come out and be like, yeah, these backups stink. We really need them, right? That's just giving all the leverage to Jacobs. So I feel like most of the Zamir White hype was just them doing that, being like, well... We're probably going to be fine, even though like Zamir White showed us last season that he wasn't that amazing. I was high on him last year. I'm not buying into it. Uh, so yeah, mid-second round pick for Jacobs. I think that makes sense. I would not be hesitant about drafting him this season. Uh, Joe Mixon also moved up to 33rd overall as a running back 13. I still don't think he's going to be efficient. And remember, we've talked plenty about how if you look at his per-game numbers last season, it is hyper inflated by one career game i understand that well he's capable of that and so we like him but it's a career game over 50 fantasy points it's just not going to happen again uh, even if he'd had a really really good game he would perform at or worse than this adp over the stretch so even if you took that career game and you made it just a really really good one he's not some significant value from what he was doing last season i think the larger case for him isn't that, though. It's, well, Samaja Pirine's actually pretty good, and he's better than we thought that he was. And so if we look at the backups now, no one's really proven anything. Chase Brown has not proven that he can be a quality backup yet. I mean, he's still very, very young. But, like, right now, he's not going to earn very many touches. I just don't buy into Chris Evans' hype. I don't think that's ever going to be a thing. And so you look at these backups, Travian Williams, like, they're nothing. And so Mixon's probably going to get all the touches he can handle, uh, all the receptions, all the touchdown opportunities on a very, very good offense. And so I was probably a little bit too low on him before. Again, only up to 33, running back 13. I think that's a really good range to get him. Uh, but yeah, end of round three is probably a solid spot for Joe Mixon. I had him closer into that fourth round range before. Uh, Damian Pierce have also moved up now to 40th overall, running back 16. I've always been very high on him, always been ahead of ADP. He's one of my most rostered running backs this season, but I'm just like all in at this point. Everything we saw in the preseason just shows he's going to have elite usage, that is red zone usage, that is reception upside, that is just total volume. So he's not just going to be a reception hog. He's going to have probably north of 250 carries as well the offensive line is better this season the defense is better this season they're gonna win more this season like 
everything points to him having a breakout this season. The coaching staff has talked him up. Beat reporters are ensuring us, you know, Singletary is only going to be um, like a, not a scat back, but like a change of pace back. Um, and also one thing beat reporters brought up that they didn't necessarily say, but they talked about how complex the scheme kind of is. And that even more plays into the fact that it's like, well, Devin Singletary is just coming over this season. If it took, you know, a full year for Damian Pierce to really get, um, get comfortable with the system, get comfortable with the playbook, it's probably going to take a while for Devin Singletary, who just came over in the offseason, to learn everything. So I just think everything points to Damian Pierce. Honestly, I think he finishes a running back one this season, and in most platforms, you're getting him way later than that. Uh, Darren Waller, I've moved up to 51st overall as the tight end four, still one spot behind TJ Hawkinson, who is 50th overall. I've talked about how maybe I'm going to move Waller over Hawkinson. I think the larger point between those two is I prefer Waller given ADP. Like Hawkinson's ADP is still a pretty good chunk ahead of Waller's. And so even though I have them back to back straight up, I think I'm taking Hawkinson. They're going at different spots in the draft. And because I value them virtually the same, I think it's 0.4 points in half PPR, a little bit more in full PPR is the difference there. Because I value them so close together, I wouldn't draft Hawkinson. I'd wait a little bit and then draft Darren Waller. Uh, I just, everything again, there's nothing that's pointing to Waller having a bad year besides injury, but we're not here to predict injury. We don't know who's going to get injured this season. I haven't projected for 103 targets. I think that's being conservative, honestly. I think he could easily push past 115, 120. He looks fantastic this summer. The connection is there. The offense is rolling like Everything points to Waller having another breakout this year. And again, we got to do our best not to predict injuries. Yes, he's been injured in the past, but so was McCaffrey before going off last season. So was Saquon before going off last season. So was someone like Keenan Allen early in his career before he puts together a string of, you know, perfectly healthy seasons. Like football is just a tough sport and sometimes people get injured. That's just kind of the way it is. No one's going out there super duper injury prone unless you're maybe like Rashad Penny like maybe that's the difference there but the point is we cannot just predict an injury with Waller and if he stays healthy he's gonna smash so why should we not be drafting him heavily uh I've also moved up all Steelers players in general so basically every single player on the Steelers I've moved up um but I would say the biggest bumps were to Najee not necessarily a big bump only three spots but because it was so early that's a meaningful bump I guess up to pick 31 uh Deontay Johnson only up two spots to 63 uh Pickens I moved up around to 73rd overall uh and then uh Jalen Warren I've moved up about around to 115th overall so biggest increases would be Pickens and Warren um Biggest change I made was increasing efficiency a little bit because they looked good in the preseason, reports out of camp are good, but then also touchdowns. And that's why Deontay didn't go up as much as Pickens did because Pickens, I have projected for a larger share given targets. So like Deontay is going to have a ton of targets, great in full PPR, but he doesn't have a huge you know share of the touchdowns, right? Pickens, I expect to score a decent amount of touchdowns. So when I up the touchdown projection, he's going to benefit a little bit more. Um, also, Pickens kind of goes in the range where there's a lot more room to fluctuate because a lot of those players are projected very similarly. Point is, I'm in on the Steelers a little bit more now. Um, I've definitely been too off on them. I've talked about that over the last week or so that I've been gaining more confidence. Uh, and I would say, like, if I'm in, you know, my main redraft league right now, or let's say two months ago, 
unlikely I draft anyone other than Jalen Warren. I've been in on Jalen Warren all summer, but I was out on Najee, out on Deontay, out on Pickens, just because they were kind of going a little bit too early. At this point, if I was drafting right now in my main redraft league, I'd be comfortable taking all of them. I would say Najee I'd like the least because I like Warren so much because I wouldn't really want to draft both of them. And so taking Najee, I'd have to do it at value because it's like, well, now I don't get Warren late, which is a person I really, really like. So not in love with Najee, but much more willing to take him now because I think the offense is going to be better. Um, I would say similar thing with Pickens and Deontay. Like I'd prefer Pickens a little bit later as opposed to Deontay, uh, but I would still draft both of them. Uh, if either one became a value, definitely. Um, I would say full PPR. Like full PPR, I'm leaning towards Deontay. Half PPR standard, you're leaning more towards George Pickens. Uh, and then Kenny Pickett, I don't have graded out as some value, but he's around ADP. Uh, and I think if you got to that spot, especially for those in super flex leagues, I think he's a perfectly fine pick to make. Uh, if you want to bet on this offense, you got Pickens, you're in super flex, you want him as your second quarterback, absolutely fine drafting Kenny Pickett. Uh, last riser we're going to go over is uh, Khalil Herbert, someone that I've talked about a lot uh, liking over the last two years, right? Like last season, we were in on Herbert. I thought he was a very good talent, wasn't getting enough of a workload, was high on him coming into the summer. So we got uh, some early ADP value on him, but then I kind of backed off. Uh, I was getting a little bit scared of people liked Foreman. I've always had Foreman tanked in the rankings, but I don't know. Part of me was just scared that maybe everyone else was right and that Foreman was going to be good or something. Uh, probably shouldn't have listened to that, but uh, haven't had that factor in too much. It's more been Roshan Johnson, right? I think Roshan is like a good player and... I don't think that like, you know, he's necessarily going to step in in week one and be better than Khalil Herbert, right? Like I think over time, potentially that could happen. But I guess that was one risk that over time that could happen. Uh, the second risk was that we know Khalil Herbert's not a great pass blocker and not good in the receiving game. And we know that Roshan could be. And it turns out in camp that he was. He's great in pass protection. He's going to receiving game. So he's probably going to be a third down back. And so I was looking at Herbert being like, well... If they don't throw running backs anyways, and he's not getting those snaps, like well, he's gonna have a lot of games where he has what, like 17 carries and no targets. And now you have to have 100 touchdown because, like, how am I starting you if you're not scoring when you have zero receptions as well? You need, you know, over 120 rushing yards to be worth the play at that point. And so that's why I kind of backed off. But if we look at the preseason usage, he's pretty clearly their top running back. Um, he's been performing well. And again, I think the talent is there. I think the offense will be pretty decent. And so I'm back on him. I moved him up, but I would not consider him a target. So definitely find drafting right now. I've seen some teams uh, of people who are using the rankings that have gotten to him. So it gives me confidence that I don't have to take too far. I'm still a little bit behind ADP. Uh, but again, I'm more willing to draft him now than I was about a month ago. Uh, looking at some fallers. I dropped J.K. Dobbins, but I wanted to talk about this one because it's not really Dobbins' fault. Um, it really was just was players around him. I moved like Damian Pierce up, uh, did Montgomery, Christian Watson, uh, Darren Waller. So just like those people moved ahead of him. So even if I didn't change the Dobbins rankings, now you're down four. Um, I dropped his projection just a little bit, but that was enough to bump him down behind Aaron Jones, behind Ken Walker for running backs, then behind a few wide receivers as well. So it really was just other people went up. He went down just a little bit, but that happened to bump him down you know, a decent chunk because there's a lot of players with a very similar projection and that range. Still like him a lot. Still think he's talented. Still like this offense. So I'm not out on Dobbins and I still have him ahead of ADP, but I wanted to say like, you know, why he was down 10 spots there. It wasn't really anything that he did. It was more just like situations around him. Uh, but then again, I dropped it a, just a little bit because I was probably just a little bit too in on his production. I do think they're going to spread the ball around a decent amount. Lamar is going to run it plenty. Um, even though they have a ton of production in the backfield, it's not necessarily like a top five offense for 
fantasy points for running backs will be highly efficient but fantasy points wise Lamar takes so much that and they don't you know throw to the running backs all that much they will a little bit more of the season but they don't throw it to him enough to where it's like um the split will be okay if that makes sense like they're still going to use other running backs it's not some prolific backfield so dropped him just a little bit I was too overconfident but still like him other player dropped was uh Christian Kirk down eight spots to pick 62 that one as well, still a little bit ahead of ADP. I think Dobbins, I'm like two or three picks ahead of ADP. Same thing with Kirk. Um, that drop was because I dropped, uh, I think he's going to be projected for fewer routes run than last season. So that won't be a huge impact. Um, his snap share is definitely going to drop because he's not going to play in three wide receiver sets. So they're going to have uh, Ridley and Zay Jones on the outside in two wide receiver sets. Obviously, one wide receiver set is going to have Ridley on the outside. And so the total snaps are going down. That's not a big issue because a lot of the snaps that he's not going to play are run plays. Who cares if Kirk's not out there for run plays? I don't score fantasy points from those anyways. But some of them won't be run plays. And so he will suffer a little bit because if he's not out there, he can't score fantasy points. And so that's why I dropped him a little bit. Again, it was a very small drop, just down eight spots. But it was basically saying, okay, I'm close to a round ahead of ADP. But now I'm noticing something that he's not going to be on the field as much. They have this true alpha there. Even though I love the offense and I want to be ahead of ADP on Christian Kirk, I don't want to be too far ahead of ADP. So that's why I dropped him. Uh, also dropped, you know, Jerry Judy because obviously you have to, um, suffering the major hamstring injury. We don't know a lot. It's tough to know exactly where to rank him because we don't have a lot of information because they don't need to tell us information right now until we get into the season. We don't have practice reports. We don't have you know game reports. They don't have to say he's questionable or doubtful. They don't have to do these things. They don't have to tell us anything. And so we're kind of just going off of a little bit what we know um, about the injury, which isn't great, right? It's a hamstring injury, high re-injury risk. Um, I'm more confident about Cooper Cup. So some people ask about the comparison there, why I'm not super concerned about Cup. Well, number one, Cup's already like back practicing, right? Judy's not easing me out for a while. Um, but number two, Cup had time. And so I'm not concerned about a hamstring injury, you know, for like Mims had a hamstring injury um, earlier in camp. But both Mims and Cooper Cup have had a lot of time to slowly recover and not rush back. Whereas I think there's a risk that given how bad the hamstring injury is and how it's going to push into the season, there's a risk that Judy returns just a little bit too early because he's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. We got to get out there. I'm, I'm in game shape. Let's go. And he pushes it just a little too early and suffers a re-injury. And that would be very, very bad. Whereas, again, Mims had plenty of time. They took it easy on him. Cooper Cup, plenty of time to recover for week one. I just think there's less time for Judy. And so it just increases the risk for me. And when you also think, like, well, Sutton's having a good camp. I like Mims a lot. Why do I need to be ahead of Jerry Judy coming off a major injury? Like, it just doesn't. Not, not a major injury, but a, an injury that causes us a lot of concern. I don't like hamstring injuries for wide receivers especially because they hit that top speed so much more often. Such a high uh, re-injury risk because of that. So, again, that's kind of why I dropped him. Uh, also dropped Cam Akers down nearly two rounds to 76 overall. I drafted a decent amount of him earlier in the offseason, but I'm out on him now. I kind of just looked at it and was like, well, who's really going to compete with him, right? Even though it's a very bad backfield for fantasy production, if no one's competing with him, he's getting all those touches, all those fantasy points. It's going to be good, right? Uh, now it looks like he's headed for a timeshare with Kyron Williams. And again, like I kind of said before, it's a backfield that scored nothing last year. I mean, they scored the fewest fantasy points in the league last season, and I'm not expecting that to be a whole lot different, right? I mean, they're still going to be a bad team. Uh, they're going to be down a lot, and that hurts running backs because they have to throw it a ton, and it's not like they're going to dink and dump to Cam Akers a ton. I mean, he's probably not even the passing down back. So when they're losing all these games in the second half, it's probably Kyron Williams that's out there getting all those snaps. So that's not good. You compare them to a backfield like Detroit, right? Detroit has a split. Why, don't I, why do I still like them? Well, 
you know, Gibbs and Montgomery are fine in a split because that backfield's a gold mine for fantasy production. But as I mentioned before, like the Rams scored no fantasy points last season. And it's just a crazy stat I talked about maybe a month ago is like the Lions running backs could have scored negative seven touchdowns last season and still outscored Rams running backs. So everyone talks about, like, oh, they got lucky with touchdowns. They could have scored negative seven, still outscored the Rams. It's not a good backfield fantasy production. And again, now I think it's going to be a split with the bad part of the split being acres. Plus, we have this whole thing of like, you know, he's a good player. He's young. But it's like we have these weird things where they're just like not using him, not fully committed. I don't know. I think his ADP kind of assumes they're more committed than they are. And so I'm out on that. Final player that I dropped in the rankings is Jameson Williams um, over around into the 120s. I'm recording this Monday, and I'm just very curious if they're going to add a receiver over the next two days. Um, I think that it's a possibility that Detroit trades for a wide receiver. I don't really have a take on who that's going to be, but I think it's possible. Um, they're not happy with their wide receiver room right now. And I think they're frustrated with Jameson Williams. Obviously, he's suspended for six weeks, so that's going to hurt in general anyways. But he hasn't really shown that he can stay healthy. He hasn't shown he can command a consistent target share. And he hasn't shown he can be efficient in the receiving game. Every time he goes out there, it's like he catches one of five targets for like 20 yards, right? So I think they're a little bit frustrated with him. And if there's a chance that they trade for someone, if there's a chance that maybe his role isn't as good as we're thinking... I just didn't want to be too far ahead of ADP because the ADP is also definitely trending down right now. Uh, so we'll see what happens. You guys will actually potentially know before this video gets uploaded if there actually has been a trade there. But even if that doesn't happen, I'm getting like a little bit weary with how much I really want to roster him for six weeks and then see what I have in him. That's a long time. And so I think uh, the risk was a little bit too high. I had to move him down in the rankings. So. Uh, that is it for the biggest changes over the last, I don't know, like two or three weeks or so. If you want to see my exact rankings on every single player, you can see that on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. And if you want to see that for free, all you got to do is sign up for your first underdog account today using promo code FFA. Do that and deposit at least $10 into your account. And they will not only match that first deposit up to hundred bucks. So you put in 75, they'll turn it into 150. You can get in a ton of free drafts after that. But also, the following morning, I will email you login information to my website. You see that you're going to have access to the redraft rankings, uh, my underdog rankings, all underdog content all season long, and then my top 60 must-draft players this season. But that'll do it for this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button, and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.